Welcome to self-checkout. Place your bananas in the bagging area. And no item in the bagging area. And no item in the bagging area. Take your receipt. Hey. Hey, what's up, David? I'm not How are you? I'm good. Um, so we're talking about coffee today. Coffee. It's late in the day. It is. It's late. A, it's late. Later. Later. Um, I am older now, so I don't drink coffee. Then you were in, in the, the morning. morning. No, that well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, just in my life, like when I was a young kid, I would drink coffee at all hours of the day, and now, yeah, I don't reserve it for the morning, and typically like two cups tops yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll make smaller cups so i can like have more than one more than two cups like a third cup but it's the same amount of liquid just in smaller cups <laughs> trick myself right yeah but we're not drinking coffee right now no we're not i'm actually drinking caffeinated tea right now we i think we agreed to not yeah no i don't remember that agreement but i mean we probably can check the records what that we wouldn't even <laughs> mention we wouldn't even mention uh, tea today or drink it yeah. or drink coffee in the morning. I, yeah, I will. Anyway. I drink tea no. in the afternoon. But I still try not to drink caffeinated tea in the afternoon. That's fair. I will it make does, exceptions for green tea because I really love green tea. It's so good. And it's so, I don't know, I feel like the dosage is so much easier. Like I've never drank, I shouldn't say never, but I don't think I've ever, I don't have any horrible recollections of drinking tea and being like, that was a mistake. You know, whereas I've drank so much. I have had too much tea. Okay. I have overdone it. All right. The, Mostly up. it's like bathroom. That it's like, is. I got to pee really <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's not the worst. Like, I definitely have had visions drinking coffee. You know, I have, I have like, I've drank coffee at night um, and then just been locked into like a str- sweaty stress nap. Mm-hmm. You know? Stress nap. Yeah. I feel like that's like most of my like sleeping these days. Just stress nap. It's like not even like I don't sleep. I just stress nap. Stress nap for <laughs> for four to seven hours at nighttime. It's just so hot right now. It's hot right now. Um, the future is uncertain. Yeah. Uh, like I wake up and like it's terrible. I close my eyes and it's terrible and still pretty nasty. Just like you know, fun family stuff always. Just great. <laughs> great. So. Um, there's so much to dig into on coffee. There's so much. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think there's... I didn't realize, too, like, how emotional coffee would be for me as well. Yeah. Like, I... Um, oh, crap. <laughs> We're oh, all crap. over the place right now. You know why? It's the afternoon. I need some coffee. And <laughs> <laughs> We're literally, like, as far away from the point of maximum ca- caffeination as we would be, or have been so far, yeah, recording. Really far. I <laughs> I was thinking a lot about coffee, because coffee, too, well, I've been thinking about it because we're doing this stupid podcast. Uh, it's not stupid. I love this podcast. But <sighs> thinking about it because I didn't drink coffee until I was, you know, an adult. Um, it, well, biologically adult. Uh, it, it was something that, you know, was the first adult thing I was doing. Uh, and also at that time too, there was a lot of change that had just happened in my life. You know, I, um, I just moved back to the States from the Caribbean, living with my family where there was 
it was beautiful there, but there was a lot of lot of messed up family things happened while I lived in the Caribbean, so it wasn't like a happy time in my life. It was pretty dark. And came back, you know, I was young, came out of the closet, and then I started working in a coffee shop and started getting involved with coffee. And I started thinking about like all of those thoughts and those memories that I kind of associated with me becoming equated with Coming in, becoming introduced to coffee as well as just having my entire life just like really changing mm-hmm. and a lot of things and memories like just kind of came back with the coffee as well which is like it's interesting that is interesting yeah yeah what are some of those i want to I, I have i have two i have like one really wonderful memory and one not so wonderful <laughs> Good. but uh <laughs> i'm gonna I'll tell you the, the not so wonderful one first because I think it's a really it's actually kind of funny even though it's really effed up. Um, I was working at the coffee shop and I went home to my father's side of the family for the ho- for Christmas holiday. I think it's the last time I went home for the holiday because um, my mom's side, which I was closer to, doesn't do any holidays, but my dad's side d- did. And I was working at this coffee shop, really cool coffee shop. They do. It was only just uh, espresso-based drinks, no flavor shots, um, really purist when it came to their coffee. And they got a special bean, and they roasted them all in-house. Special bean they get once a year, so I brought everyone a bag of this coffee because I was like, this is my life now, and this is what I do. And I gave it to my grandma, my dad, my Aunt Tina, and my Aunt Sherry. And my grandmother gave it back to me and then my dad gave it back to me and my aunt Tina was like yeah me too and my aunt Sherry was just like we really don't drink coffee <laughs> wait they all did it just immediately the, in turn well not immediately but it was like I think they might have all did it like separately not knowing oh that they all did it oh god that's farcical it was that's so upsetting yeah that's terrible. But what was their rationale? Was it all just like, we don't care, we don't They want liked it. Folgers. Oh, God. Oh, man. So there wasn't even this connection of like... We don't drink coffee. Yeah. Except for my Aunt Sherry, who I think she said we don't drink coffee. <laughs> but that was just her being nice, because I know for a fact she drank coffee. Yeah. I mean, doing what we do, we've probably had a couple other experiences like that in trying to... Like, there's this loaded thing where it's like, okay, this has a story behind it. And I care about it, and I really love this thing that is close to a thing that you probably like too. Yeah. And here's this added value, one being it's from me, and it means something to me. I know it's just Swiss cheese, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and there's sort of like I, it's tough giving these gifts because it, you need to sort of um, like target who will really appreciate them. And you know what I mean? It, it's you would think it would be your family. You would think. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> my folks still to this day, like, you know, they buy, they buy cheese from Costco. And, like, I mean, Costco, yeah. no shade on Costco. I think that they're actually a great company as far as box stores go. Uh, they do a good job of being, you know, ethical. <laughs> And they yeah. do source some neat stuff. You know, they, they got Cabot's cloth bound in there. I don't they think I've ever been to a Costco. But, you know. Overall, is it like a Sam's Club? Yeah, it's okay. like a Sam's Club. I do they, they love do some, the do style of grocery store, just where it's like <laughs> you feel like, like, a, like I don't like 
like it's like a giant world and like everything's yeah. just like so big and you feel so tiny it is and there's like to you. a it's ton just of like, samples here do your like it's, it's like look we have it and it's up to you to did you want this giant bottle of like carlo rossi sure it's like bigger than the ones you can find right. elsewhere. Like literally, you need a it's, you need a water oh, like a water uh, a cooler. Water cooler. <laughs> like it's a five gallon Carlo Rossi. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I want that for my kitchen. <laughs> like, uh, my one of my uh, dumbest um, impulse purchases was actually at um, was actually at a Costco. I, I bought a water cooler. It was like eighty bucks. It was my first time at a Costco. My parents drove me. And How long did you have the water cooler for? A while, but the tough part was is like refilling it. You can't fill it. It's a, it's a terrible design. Yeah, like it's cool and all that, but it's a terrible. But design. I had to like refill. I had to go get refills on the on the bottles, and and it was like, oh, this is not as convenient as I first thought it would be. So you go through that water really quickly. Yeah, it's not a lot of water. Five gallons of water is not <laughs> what you would think. Like it's kind of interesting to see how how much water you actually consume. So much. Yeah, it's, it's this insane. Is, this is a quart, and I definitely drink more than a gallon of water a yeah. day. Yeah, I have my my days. How when how old are you when you start drinking coffee? Oh man, well my first memory, I think like my first coffee memory, tea was a thing in my family. And I'll, we'll get to tea next week. Next week. And, it's, and it's my tea thing now. Well, it's an, it, like it was a, it was an Irish thing. Um, like my mom, mm-hmm. me and my family drink drink tea. Um, but my mom also drank coffee, and my dad drank coffee. Um, tea was like an entertaining thing, and I think my parents were also okay with me drinking tea. Like it was lowering caffeine, and it was like, and it just seemed like a process. Yeah. So I was more interested in it. There's like there's this like like age thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had cousins who were allowed to drink coffee. And, like, my dear friend growing up, he would get migraines. And, like, whenever that happened, he would, like, if he spent the night at our house, he would just say, like, make me a cup of coffee. Right. And I thought that was the craziest thing. But she's like, no, this is for the caffeine. Like, it's for his head. Yeah, it helps cure it. And it helps, like, deliver painkillers to your head, oh, too. So if you, like, if you take, like, Excedrin has caffeine mm-hmm. in it. Um, my first memory, like, my first memory of like getting it mm-hmm. i think was being in canada on vacation with my parents and um i remember there was this cafe and they had croissants croissant <laughs> i was like so happy that you said it not like an asshole and then you corrected it to say it like an asshole <laughs> chowda <laughs> that's that's me being respectful <laughs> <laughs> it's cultural it's like it's dialectics um no so uh, they had croissant. They had um, not listening to this cappu- <laughs> cappuccino. <laughs> um, but no. But I remember having this is so trashy. It was mid nineties, but it was um, they had iced cappuccinos, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh well, now like it's this sugary, is this like sugary yeah. nonsense? It was iced coffee, and I was just like, oh god, this is this is amazing, and it felt like such a special occasion, and I don't really remember the effect of caffeine. I just remember, like, that flavor yeah. getting its claws into me through, like, when, when it was, like, milky and sugary. And Once you have it done that way, like, I, mine was mochas. That's mm. what really got me mm. really into coffee. I was like, oh, and you add, like, chocolate and sugar and cream. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. Um, and also, it was working at that, co- that coffee shop. The 90s were also the coffee boom. Which you had made up yesterday, I, or the, or the last... Last time, week with and the, I the wine bought. boom, and I I hold 
I hold, I actually came up with a theory about the wine boom too. <laughs> but we'll talk about coffee too. Coffee, I mean, coffee, what? Like you think about Seattle, you think about the rise mm. of Starbucks, you think about um, just coffee as cuisine and as good food gaining popularity. It was kind of as we were reaching adolescence and adulthood. That's um, where we would go to hang out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't do that as much now, but I definitely would go. You know, go to coffee shops and we would like totally. talk for hours. There was one in Emmaus. Um, in where? In Emmaus, which is a small town in the Lehigh Valley. That okay, um, I was like Emmaus. It's like this like weird name. Like King Coffee, I believe it was called, uh, and it was the coolest. Oh man, it was so cool, and it felt like a coffee house too because you'd go there and there would be like um, this. There would be like older people there, mm-hmm. there would be younger people there. There was a community that was just sort of built in. And I remember meeting people and the, the ease of, yeah, of like coming and going. And and I hate to just say the thing, but like the fact that there was no phones, like you know, it was go different. There, yeah, but like you just kind of met people in a different way, especially when you were a teenager. Um, and I remember that really, really fondly. Um, but I can I can tell you, did did you research anything about coffee houses? No, there was a lot to research. Yeah. It was actually like kind of overwhelming. Yeah, there's, um, it's, I don't even know where to begin. So did you read about the origins of coffee at all? We did. Let me, let's, before we do the origins, I just want to talk about the second memory oh, for my please. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go um, ahead. Because that is also the photo that I sent you is kind of going to relate to it. Love so. That. I also, that year that I worked the coffee shop and I, you know, I gave my grandmother and grand, like my dad and all of those wonderful people coffee. Um, I also went back to the Caribbean to visit my mother who was still living there. And it was uh, the first time going back since I had moved from there. And I think it was the last time I went back too. Um, I was 19 or 20 at the time and in the Caribbean you could, you could drink, um, coffee but also alcohol and I remember it was the first time I would like have like wine with my mom or a cocktail because my mom like very strict with like laws if like it's against the law you're not doing it um but we also was I would have coffee with my mom uh and there was a lot of just conversations constant conversations because I was just came out just kind of left the religion that I grew up in and so there's a lot of questions for my mom's part and there was a lot of conflict that entire trip. I think it was like a three-week three week trip. And the one time when it was like kind of nice was in the morning we would try to make mochas because it was the only way I could have my coffee, but I had to have a mocha every day. And we kind of made this like thing of it. So we would, ha- we would do um, a percolator coffee. We would melt some chocolate into it. We'd eat it with like nuts and berries and whatever, like little n- n- little nibbly bits was in the house. And I had such fond memories of that that I've I've often would think about how cool it would be to just have like a platter with coffee, and that would be what you have for breakfast. And so that's what I did for this uh, podcast, oh, even though that. we did not do it together. Um, it's gorgeous. It looks perfect. It was really, f- I had a lot of fun doing it. So Grant and I actually like sat down and we like had it together. We put it on, on the lazy Susan. Um, and we'll post a picture of this 
platter on the Instagram so you can see what we're talking about. But in the center, we have mango with um, plum that I tossed with a little bit of hot honey, which you're from, I know you're familiar with Connor, but it's mm-hmm. just a spicy honey uh, and some grated coconut on top. Uh, I did mango because uh, with the Caribbean, I got very into mango and got very particular in how I like my mango. Uh, and I purposely did big pieces because I wanted it to be something you would still eat with your hands. Uh, two different ch- types of chocolate on the board. So there was the from Amade, which is a really lovely um, chocolate tier out of Italy. Uh, it's one of my favorite chocolate. Which Amade did you use? I used the um, dark 60%, mm. I believe it was. Uh, it could be 63. It was like around there. And then... Uh, That's the, the sweet spot for me. It's such a good one. They're dark chocolate in general. It's really As good. somebody who grew up with like... My parents were just extremists as like as dark as it could go. Like um, 99.9. Yeah. It just... Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like it just feels like self-flagellation. It feels like beating yourself up. I, 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 I understood it. <laughs> 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 I was just thinking it's like flagellation just immediately made me think of something else. Fellatio. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it. Yeah. No, that would be the opposite feeling of eating 99% dark chocolate. Do you remember... I mean, do you remember... Speaking of the 90s, like Marilyn Manson. Yes, I remember. And just like the whole, like, I just remember all of my friends were like, do you hear about how he removed his ribs? Yeah. I no. don't know if it's actually true. It's not true. I didn't think it was. No. Is it true? It's He's really true. interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of got the bubble burst on him. I found out some stuff. Apparently, he's kind of a... Probably psycho. Yeah. Like, I just wish that he was better. Yeah. Uh, like, cause there's all these things where I, I just remember the last 20 years, basically of everyone being like, you know, he's actually really smart. He's really great. And like, I've always been in his corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently he is like pretty shitty to his, to his ex, like, 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 like I literally like, see and that. then, and then apologized in like kind of the most basic, like the way that you would expect of just like, I've got demons and I'm working on Shifting it. Shifting the blame. You understand that like, I'm wrecked with pain. Like he's actually like, Wait, make, dude. Make, making like where he's the victim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that that thing. yeah. Which is kind of bum like bummed me out because like he always seemed really like lucid and self-aware in other ways. He's a great watercolor artist. I bet. Yeah. I mean it's it's corny middle school watercolor art that you would kind of expect from him but like he's good at it. He's got to have something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, which literally everyone who's listening probably knows <laughs> what we're talking about, Google uh, Marilyn Manson ribs. I don't Google that. What else is on your <laughs> Oh, so on the plate? tray, um, there's some apricots, there's some blueberries and cashews, raw cashews, um, almonds. Oddly enough, of all the things that I've done for this podcast, like I've come with some really cool, come up with some really cool recipes, I think, and things that I was really excited about. Um, things that actually involve me working and like trying things over and over again. This is, and told my mom about all of them. This is the one time she was really excited about it. And also (laughs) was like, I didn't make anything, mom. I just put it all together. (laughs) The only thing I really did was, was um, she shared the memory too. She did. And she was very excited about it. And I think that was the one thing that was really cool. Um, I did do dates that I tossed with. Um, orange water and tangerine oil okay. with sea salt because I love that combo. Um, this is the first time I've done the orange water with it, and I think it gives it such a perfumey floral quality that it's like it's really missing. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's really fun. And then we did it with the um, there's a new uh, Vietnamese coffee roaster 
here in Philadelphia. So yeah. I did it with the, the egg coffee, which I made for you the other day, but I closely followed their brew guide recipe, which I realized I did not do the last time, so it wasn't as sweet. How do you grind that? So I did it coarse ground. Okay. So like, um, like for a French press. And I actually, when I had you over and I did, made it for you, I did a, a different coffee that was already pre-ground so i think it was too thin and it was just too bitter this one like grant and i were having this like this is the most amazing coffee yeah, we've had yeah. in so long um it wasn't too sweet but um with the, the vietnamese coffee you basically take egg yolks and blend it with sweet condensed milk vanilla uh and a little bit of uh, cocoa powder and you top it it's unbelievable it's really good it's such a cool thing and you you basically you have these things called f- fins, I believe they're called, P-H-I-N, um, but it's, there's another word for it. I actually was able to look it up. It's a French, French drip filter is what it's called. Okay. Um, but it, uh, basically you put your grinds in it, you put a little bit of hot water, and then you just are s- almost like the cone filter. It's like a pour over, yeah. You pour over, and. Those are the ones that if you go to a Vietnamese restaurant, mm-hmm. they it's literally just into your cup. Yeah, right? and it's so cool, and it's just like this. It's it's, I like how it's like interactive as mm-hmm. well in a weird way. It's just like you're yeah you're doing your own thing. Um, but yeah, so that's what I did there, and then yes, I did do some some research on the coffee as well. Yeah. Um, Let's hear what you got. So there's a lot. <laughs> there was there a lot, um, and some of it was really fucked up. Um, so much of it. I just uh, yeah. <laughs> swore. <laughs> just a disclaimer. I feel like to the audience, there's no food topic that we can really touch w- that doesn't have a whole lot of bloodshed, um, Super exploited workers, um, like literal just murder and uh, exploitation of uh, entire people. Like so much of the food industry, there's a common thread. Um, so it's really it's really tough to to talk about this stuff without. Like this, this one was really acknowledging it intense for me. And coffee is is one that definitely continues. um, You know, there's a lot of exploitation that continues, especially with the with the larger, um, the larger companies. Yeah, I even get into like into that, like because it's like the there's yeah. So from what I I read, so it started in Ethiopia, then I went to Yemen, and then from Yemen, I believe I went to Java. uh, Eventually, made a pitch to Europe. Can I fill Um, in some gaps now? What? Can I fill in a few gaps? Yeah, yeah. All right, so one thing that struck me about it that I think is amazing is that, like, it's like a new chemical. Mm-hmm. It's a new drug to humans, like, on the on the scope of, like, traditional <laughs> medicines and drugs and, and psychoactive chemicals that we use, like alcohol, cannabis, mm-hmm. other, like, you know, psychoactive things that we use, like opium. It, it, was, it wasn't until the ninth century in Ethiopia that, that we kind of discovered coffee. It was very, very recent. Um, like, tea was used, too, and we'll get into mm-hmm. that later. But, like, coffee is relatively new. So, like, the ninth century, we're, like, it's a while ago, but we're approaching modernity in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's wild. But it got to the Middle East and was mm-hmm. popularized there as an alternative to alcohol, which I thought was interesting. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. because it um, because, because the you Quran could actually talk and like discuss things. Yeah, I did the, see that. And the Quran did not explicitly prohibit it. So the word "cave" mm. loosely translated literally means wine of Araby. Whoa! So cop- that is so cool. Yeah, um, and then 
I'm sorry, I'm going to keep interrupting. I, no, I don't want to keep interrupting, but it made its way to Java via the Dutch. The See, that I did know. Dutch I India. just kind of left, left that out. You, it got there by in a really interesting way. So um, the Arabic traders, who they, were ro they would roast all of the coffee. They just had a monopoly over it. They would roast all of the coffee before shipping it anywhere so that you couldn't germinate the seeds because each coffee bean is the seed of mm -hmm. a berry. But they would roast it so that you couldn't plant it and grow it. So they had complete oh. dominion over it. Um, but the Dutch being the Dutch and the Europeans being the Europeans, they snuck, they snuck some out. And then they planted it in Java. Okay. Um, and they, um, they just propagated clippings there. And th a lot of those lines are like direct clones. Mm -hmm. They're still being harvested today. So that was one thing I did find out. With the, there's like... Like if you go to Ethiopia, there's thousands of different species of the coffee plant. But what we find throughout the the bean belt, is what I discovered <laughs> it's called, hmm. um, is basically this like just a, a few hundred species because what went was taken out of Ethiopia, then went to Yemen, and all basically it comes from just those strains. And there was one that went when it went to France. There was um, a strand that was grown that they call like the master plant mm. that then the French took to the f the um, like Saint Martin and like the Virgin Islands, um, and then that became that that mutated as well. But um, what we mostly know as coffee is basically just comes from that one plant that was originally sent to Yemen from Ethiopia. That's wild, right? It's really crazy. Yeah. The, the Brazil one, like, so Brazil is one, a major, major coffee grower. And uh, this is the one that, like, part that I found out that was like, holy shit, what? So in 1888 was when Brazil ended their slavery. And then I, like, started thinking about, like, wait, 1888 is literally, like, 20 years before... 1910? Yeah. Slavery was very recent. So, like, I had no idea. It's only 15 years after we got rid of it. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so and recent. Like, like, it was the modern age. Yeah. Like, like it, I hadn't really put that all together. Yeah, like, I think telegraphs were just on the verge of being invented if they hadn't already yeah. been invented. Like, th this you is You think not, of it as so far away. No. There was, there was, there was so much, like, like chemicals were being isolated i mean like that was like it had been being isolated for yeah. a couple hundred like a hundred years before that like there was there was things that were capable that we were capable of, of as people um like the process of slavery to uh, I, i've been researching it a lot mm -hmm. lately um but a lot of a lot of like modern ideas we have about organizing a business and sales goals and productivity um, come from the massive industry that was built on slavery. There was just this workforce where all of this technology that we now use, mm -hmm. it like it wasn't it wasn't just some people out in the field and and like some slave drivers just being like you better you better get that done before the end of the day. Like we had this idea that it was this like these this old time farm, but no, the, this like the cotton gin existed. Yeah. There was machinery. There was industry. Like, like this, is, this. this is shamefully recent. It's crazy. Like, it's 
I think because you hear all these years and it just unless it's like in the 19s <laughs> like you just sort of don't even like associate it with being a part of really touching our world because mm-hmm. um, it's like oh well that's that's then like that doesn't even affect me but no yeah it's insane to think how recent it was yeah um and the fact that we were getting our coffee like from brazil and like all that and um and americans like i did i'm sorry i i interrupted you with no, that tangent though. so go on uh, you were going on and then i yeah and then you're you. then you no but i wanted I, I wanted to know what you were, you were saying slavery ended in 1880 well it's just the fact that how like that wasn't far like Got that's it. the part that really struck me um and because of America's relation with England, it was seen as um, patriotic to not drink tea and drink coffee instead, mm. which is why coffee is such a part of American culture. Gotcha. Which is, I, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because um, you go to other places, like coffee, it doesn't have that same coffee culture. Right. Like I know when, we, when I lived in the Caribbean, like their coffee culture isn't really as a as the same like, really yeah, yeah. There really I mean, throughout isn't a lot, lot of shops. latin america uh, throughout yeah. latin america there certainly is like more of a coffee culture than there is tea I'll, I'll at least a yeah. lot of the culture a lot of the places where it's grown in but even like the way like the way that americans are so like obsessive obsessed with it, with it. Yeah. like i feel like even when we were in mexico it was like kind of trickier to find coffee mm-hmm. like to go or like oh right like yeah. there is yeah. that and like and that was the same when, when we lived in the caribbean i think there might have been like a coffee shop and it was terrible mm-hmm. um but trying to find like coffee beans or just like good coffee in general was like you're like it's an export you yeah know, it's a commodity mm-hmm. and that's that's really where it comes down to a lot of the a lot of the uh coffee producing countries um will drink coffee but um i think it's called tinto mm-hmm. i hope that's not a racial slur that i just mixed I up with it as well i will edit it it was an accident. But um, they will drink a lot of the coffee-producing cultures. Um, will drink the, the beans that are kind of subpar mm-hmm. or they're too green or they, you know, they were har- like harvested too early or too late. Uh, that'll all be separated out. And then that's the coffee that stays in the country when the prime beans, beans all make their way to the U.S. That's so interesting. Yeah. And that's true with a lot of crops. Makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. like, you're trying to make money from it. Trying to make money. Yeah. You know, here's a weird thing about about caffeinated beverages. Also, I have to say, I lifted so much of my information from another Michael Pollan book. So I'm just going to put that out there. He 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 wrote a short book, um, just called Caffeine. Uh, it's a very very crazy title. <laughs> and it's 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 I I recommend it. It's really interesting. It gives you a full a full history of coffee, tea what caffeine does in your body um it's really interesting because he quit caffeine to write it mm-hmm. or during the process of writing it just to have more of a clear uh experience of what it's really yeah. doing um I, I definitely recommend it but um how crazy it is that we have this uh there's this drug that 90 percent of the world consumes on a daily basis mm-hmm. so that is like the baseline consciousness of the world like where we have that many addicts like because you're an addict yeah to this drug that it really just becomes the baseline like that what is human consciousness when 90 percent of us 
are consistently on the stimulant. Um, it's just it, it brings it brings forth a lot of those really interesting uh, questions about like what it is to be human and what coffee did to the global consciousness when it became uh, widely used. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of the things I found really interesting was um, so before Britain became a coffee before they became a tea culture, mm -hmm. they became a coffee culture, um, and that corresponded with the Age of Enlightenment. Mm -hmm. um, and before them. Um, the Arabic cultures that didn't drink any alcohol and were tr and embraced coffee, yeah. they were way ahead of Europe in terms of math and science and uh, bookkeeping mm -hmm. and trade, like their technology, and th they were they were way ahead of um, anything that Europe was doing. When coffee reached Europe, um, coffee houses became these egalitarian places where anybody of any class could meet. And sit, and there wasn't the the the, um, the normal class orders oh, wow. sort of dissolved, and they became these meeting places for ideas to flourish. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those coffee houses became associated with like finance and baking or science. So like Isaac Newton would go to a specific coffee house, and the group of, of men, because it was mm -hmm. it was only men, um, they ended up. Um, Forming the uh, the Royal Society, which were the early before scientists had a name, they were called natural philosophers. But the, the like they were basically just a club that met up for coffee, and formed the Royal That's Society. That's cool. Yeah, and there's a million. I mean, a, a, a hand. I think Lords of London, um, which is a is a uh, an investment firm, mm -hmm. uh, started as a coffee house. Um, but yeah, there's this there's this real cultural arc in Europe where you start to see things like capitalism and democracy um, are just born mm -hmm. out of taking alcohol out. And it not it, obviously alcohol didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But um, having this alternative uh, to, to get together and you're stimulating your mind. But you're not clouding it or... And you're not clouding yeah. it. And it, it, it clearly just... And, you know, for better or for worse, because a lot of terrible things came out of capitalism, yeah. like slavery, yeah, um, which is a res direct result of capitalism and, you know, trying to earn profits. Um, uh, it, it did sort of bring us into this modern world that we're in today. That is so... That, that I think, is really what I really took away from a lot of the coffee stuff I was researching is like it, it does involve sitting down with a loved one or a friend or someone that you've just recently met and you want to try to get to know them more and you're sitting and you're sharing this cup of coffee like it's and you develop slave trade yeah <laughs> and then yeah that that happens um, yeah but the nicer part like that's yeah or nice things can I was going to say, like, like, friendships are built. And I, I <laughs> friendships are built, yeah. Um, I do want to acknowledge that, like, yeah, there was a lot of effed up things that originally happened. But I think more personal okay. is the, the friendships and things like that. Um, I was reading into um, Turkish coffee. Because mm. I've, I've never had it. Um, but I didn't know that apparently um, just, like, tea leaves. Uh, like reading the tea leaves, uh, it's quite common to read the your coffee cup in your grinds. Really? Yeah, which is really cool. So 
you drink your cup of coffee, uh, you put your saucer on top of it, um, and then you flip it over, and then you get your grinds red. Um, but the part that I thought was really, really, really interesting, because I've watched a few different videos where they're talking about how to read the coffee grinds, and a lot of them are basically like, oh, you, you kind of observe the person and like actually like see how, what they're talking about beforehand. You have like this conversation. And from there, you're able to kind of decipher the grinds. And, but if you were to do it with friends, what's really cool is that it's believed that like any reading, anything that would tell the future can only go 40 days into the future oh, because it's trying right. to get you to come back that's cute. Either business-wise or friendship-wise to have another cup of coffee. And the fact that you were having that conversation and you're sitting there and you're actually just discussing something and spending time with each other, it's, it's sort of just an excuse in a way to Love that. be with somebody. Yes. And I think that's the part that I, I really want loved. And, like, I think we should continue to celebrate and we should continue to. I mean, like, think about last week when we – not last week, the week before when we got coffee together. And, yeah. you know, it, even during the pandemic, like, that's the one time I've felt okay, like, hanging out with a friend out in public over a cup of coffee. Right. I mean, if you think about it, that's really what we've done with trying to make this podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we've built in, uh, we've built in a need to continue, like, and sort of nurture a friendship. Yeah. Which is which is which is fun, and I and I, I don't think we're the only ones too. Like I, you know, there's thousands of podcasts trying to schedule out there. some time. How many podcasts have started just by you know friends want to talk? Friends want to talk. I know that some of my favorite podcasts, um, my brother, my brother and me, mm -hmm. um, their mom died, and they just kind of I, I I think that they just ended up spending a lot more time together, mm -hmm. but then they kind of formalized it by starting a podcast together um, because. They just kind of, they just needed the support, and it ended up and yeah. they're huge. You know? and, and it's something that is just literally just you for us like you're just having a conversation that's affordable because we're not spending when we spent money to, to, to get ready for this, but like this is free. It's just an excuse, and that's it, what I think coffee does. Like uh -huh. it's something that like yeah. hey, guess what? I don't have a lot of money right now, but I can afford five dollars for a good cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, and like that's that was another thing about about yeah. the the coffee houses uh, in in um you know enlightenment era england is it was not it was no small thing to seek shelter um or like mm -hmm. have have like a place to sit that was like clean and dry and safe so like to be able to buy a cup of coffee and like be in a place that wasn't necessarily like a tavern mm -hmm. you can get like stabbed by a pirate <laughs> um, look, I know a lot about history, David. <laughs> I just, that'd be really funny if we just got a cup of coffee and, like, one or of us was came stabbed right by now. a pirate. <laughs> right. I thought you're, you said this was safe, Connor. You're like, <laughs> right. So you're buying, like, something that's relatively inexpensive, helps you go about your day, and, like, you, all these amenities come with it. Friendship, conversation, warmth, shelter, mm -hmm. you know. Um yeah, it's really, it's really something special and valuable, I think. Like the concept of when you were young and you would go to a diner and hang out with your friends. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about diners. So 
you, you have know diners in Arizona. Yes, there's diners in Arizona. But like, are they like diners? Like really good. <laughs> They're different they for like sure. Um, family restaurants. We have Denny's. That's a diner. It's Niner. <laughs> Sorry, he made a face at me. That was his uh, verbal interpretation of the face that I made. Um, yeah, no, we definitely had diners. We definitely, they're different than what you guys have here. Real New York. <laughs> so that's what I want to talk about because I do usually want to talk about the New York diner. Um, so you know the, the Greek coffee cup? Yeah. So, ooh, tell me about this. I've always this is really know. really cool. Don't know it. So, hold on. Let me just look at my notes here, because um, I did take them. I was actually oh, that's the tiniest little note ever. Um, my boyfriend was watching this with me. He's like, "That was really interesting." So, basically, there were two different waves of um, immigration from Greece. Uh, the first one was the. Let me guess. Um. 19... I don't know the years, Connor. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I didn't write those down. One was... The, there was the, the Greek genocide, which was um, not good. Uh, and then there was another one... Hot take. Um, ...where a bunch of Greeks came over to the U.S., mostly landing in New York, and started opening up diners. Um, and it's why, if you go to New York City... A lot of the diners will have like Greek items on the diners, yeah. but I didn't even realize was a thing. Like in fact, or two gyno, di- thirds like gy- gyros are like a gy- regular thing in every single diner that you go to here. Yeah, right. not not other places of the world. Yeah, country. I right. Say. Uh, I don't know if they have diners in like England. The coffee houses. I just there spent half an hour talking about. So, oh, I'm sorry, I was paying attention <laughs> to you. Um, so, to two thirds the diners in New York City are owned by um, either Greek immigrants Still? or yeah, or wow. descendants of Greek immigrants, um, which is pretty cool. So in 1963, there was a gentleman by the name of Leslie uh, Buck. I don't know if he's a gentleman. He might have been a terrible person. Um, he might have been a wonderful person. I don't know him. I just know his name. Uh, but he worked for the Sherry Cup Company, and he designed a coffee cup Nailed aimed it. at the um, Greek diners. Love it. And that is the cup that we we see in most anything that is in New York. Um, and it's become kind of like a staple for, of like New York icons, yeah. which is pretty cool. My friend Ian, um, who he lives, um, no, he, he moved to uh, Winston-Salem. I think he's still in Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. But he and I, uh, he was... I worked at a coffee shop right after I got clean, and, and uh, that was my first job. And that's actually an interesting mm-hmm. coffee story, and I want to tell in a second. But he had um, little espresso cups slash shot glasses mm-hmm. that were um, that were the Greek coffee cups. That's so cool. Yeah, they were cool little ceramic cups. I, I was always really jealous of them. I think that, like it's just such an iconic design. I love it. Like it, I love those designs that become so entrenched in culture mm-hmm. that you can't even really distinguish like you can't criticize yeah. it because it just is iconic I, I guess iconic is the word and it's, it's like, also so we can tell hearing it about hearing it being called the greek coffee cup i never really thought oh that's that's a great design i just was just like oh there's that i 
growing up, I always thought it was like a soup cup. <laughs> I don't oh. know why. Because it's, it's like fatter. Yeah, it's kind of, well, squat. It's because yeah. I think that's also like a rational size for mm-hmm. a coffee cup to be. You know, Which it's like, I think it's eight ounces. That's something talk about, too. Yeah. That, when I was watching the thing on, like, Turkish coffee, because their coffee cups are very small. Um, and it, that was, like, something like, no, you, it's, a, it's a small thing. Yeah. Like, you don't need that much. It's a thick liquid. Right. Um, <laughs> Th- thickwid is thick-wid. what. Thickwid. I really, really want to um, do, like, a little road trippy thing where, A, we go to New York City and we get a Greek coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Coffee, because I've never had it. I imagine it's not that great. No, I'm um, <laughs> from a diner. Um, but I also really, really think it'd be kind of cool to go get our uh, our coffee cups red. Oh yeah, where can we do that? So we New York City is where we have to go. There's somebody who will yeah. do that. That's great. Yeah, there there is somewhere like in outside of Philadelphia, but like they'll go to like your house for you know if you have, if you have like parties. Um, so we could just do like a Let's party. Please do that. Yeah. Um, so tell me your story. So yeah. All right. So I mean, th- this is a connection that I had with coffee. Um, so when you stop using drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. um, there is a built-in culture that, like, coffee holds this like cultural place Mm -hmm. where it's in secret society meetings that are anonymous that I won't mention. Mm -hmm. Um, It's in rehabs, it's in halfway houses and it's like this coveted thing that like holds so much weight and like, Mm -hmm. it's like there's so, okay. So I got clean and moved into a recovery house. And I think the first few weeks, I pretty much just spent that time um, going to meetings and like kind of looking for a job. But I was like so busy with just getting my yeah. life back together because it was just non-existent. Um, it finally, um, my friend Ian, who worked in the adjacent city, Easton, I was in Bethlehem. He, I think I reached out to him and just like, hey, is your coffee shop hiring? And he was like, oh, my God, we, we're hiring right now. That's unbelievable. And you're the perfect person yeah. for it. Like, he, he, I'm not puffing myself up. He said that. And it was like, it was, I remember because yeah. it was like what I needed to hear at that time, like feeling like completely worthless and um, like didn't have the confidence to even really work at a coffee shop. So like he, um, he telling me that was, was unbelievable. So this is the funny thing. I was there working there part time. Um, I couldn't drive. So I had to take two or three buses to get there. Mm-hmm. I ended up spending some weeks more hours on the bus total than I worked. Than I actually worked because it took so long because the public transportation in the Lehigh Valley is not tremendous, mm-hmm. as you'd imagine. Um, but I learned a little bit about coffee. I didn't really learn how to be a good barista or anything like yeah. that. I mostly operated the the um, the counter, but um, remember. Smelling like coffee, drinking coffee. It gets like seeps through your hands. It just gets into your clothes. You smell like burnt popcorn by the end of the day. There was like the, but um, getting out of work and going to a meeting and like pouring this ritualistic cup of coffee mm-hmm. was still, it was like this, 
daily, almost like spiritual routine that like I would pour the cup of coffee even if even if I was way over caffeinated because I was yeah. taking advantage of free coffee because I was yeah. super broken, you know, newly sober. Um, and it became this built in this built in thing. I mean, I, I'm going to speak for recovery, like making coffee is like a rite of passage too for like the newly sober i've heard about this that's like the job that you get um you know because because everybody sort of gets a task you know Mm -hmm. if you if you get clean it's just like okay well you're you're new you're going to be in charge of making the coffee and there's all this sort of cute like pageantry that goes Mm -hmm. around it too where it's just like you're like you have the most important job like you are going to be making the coffee and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's almost always bad because yeah. it's not great coffee and it's an old church coffee machine that's busted. But um, there's so many people, me included, because mm-hmm. that was my job too. At one point making that coffee becomes this little tiny building block upon which like you start to feel like you're part of a community to which you start to feel like you belong somewhere to which other people rely on you even if it's something kind of small that like you feel part of and like i i like there, there, I, I i i get emotional mm-hmm. it's really beautiful thinking about it um, it's really really beautiful but i i totally like um also i mean you're also looking to replace alcohol and drugs with like yeah. literally anything that you can. So coffee and cigarettes are, are like, you go-tos. know, they're go-tos like right when you get clean coffee, cigarettes and try to keep a really adequate level of hydration going mm-hmm. and you know, your odds are pretty good. So s- secret meetings. When I was a kid, my, my dad would go to secret meetings and I would go with him. And I remember the coffees. Mm-hmm. It was definitely interesting. I survived off of two, like, because after when you get a celebration, sometimes mm-hmm. people will bring you a cake. And I remember, like, I was going to meetings every single day mm-hmm. for like a year. Um, and that was a major source of food for me. The cakes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, counting on it, just being like, God, I, I, I think there were some times that I actually chose to go to specific meetings knowing that there was somebody celebrating because <laughs> I was so hungry. That's interesting. I, my, um, I remember my father's German chocolate cake. It's the first time I ever had that. It was with Ooh. his uh, his celebratory cake. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. That was a that was an interesting time. Um, did you do any research into uh, Kopi Luwak coffee? Uh, no, but I know a little bit about it. It's really gross. Yeah. I can't wait to hear you talk uh, about it. <laughs> so it's an expensive cup of coffee. Um, basically, it's a coffee where um, it is the coffee being the coffee berries are consumed by a uh, cat like rodent. <laughs> and um, that's grosser than if it was just a cat or a rodent. Yeah. It, it's actually kind of cute looking. Oh, the okay, thing good. is kind of cute. Um, but then it eats the berries and passes the berries and same shits them out. Same. <laughs> same. 
There was a really beautiful image I saw of the whole entire poopy berry coming out of the rodent's ass. And that was like, that is disgusting. I will never eat that. Mm, Bonus Um, content. We need to post that. And then they roast the berries and roast the beans. um, And then they sell these beans for about $600 a pound. Jeez. That's a lot. Um, Well, you know, it's not every berry that gets eaten by a, yeah. a rodent. Um, <laughs> you have to save those and yeah. sell them. Apparently, the way that it goes, the 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 the, bear, the bean goes through the digestion, it essentially um, gets rid of the acidity, so it's not bitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if it's also one of those things where I wonder if they also are selecting the most delicious berries. I think they are. It's like the ripest berries. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My coffee this morning was really good. <laughs> good. Let's hear about it. It was the the Vietnamese one I told you about. Did I, I tell you about it? I had the egg cream. Oh, you made did the but egg. it was it was the um the local coffee roaster. Right. Um, that and we'll make sure that we tag them in this when we uh, release this podcast because if you're based out of Phil- if you're in Philadelphia, you've got to try this coffee. It's really good. I know that there's a few different stores that you can get it at. Uh, I'm not going to say them right now because I don't know them, but it's um, it's cafe. I believe it's pronounced, but it's C A P H E. Yeah. Um, and it's really really good. Um, it's I so did tasty. their their espresso blend, which is what they recommend for the egg cream right. and like, or the egg coffee. I keep calling it egg cream, but it's just egg coffee. I almost want to get that whole setup too, even though I'm kind of off coffee right now. I really want to do it. It's kind of great. So delicious. It's kind of great. That. Like I, we did it. You know, with with what I'm calling my coffee mezza plate, because just the little snacky <laughs> bits, um, which I'm going to, once the website, well, by the time this is out, the website will be up and running. But I'm going to basically put a bunch of ideas you can do for your own coffee little mezza when you have friends or family over. Because um, I think it's such a nice, nice thing to do. Just little snacky bits with some coffee and, like, yeah. spend some time with loved ones and just talk. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Maybe they just came out of the closet, too, and are just, like, experiencing newness with their, their mother. Yeah, for yeah. real. There's so many. Also, not to just brush over coming out of your closet. Whatever, that's fine. Closet. It was, like, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I mean, I. there's no reason to believe that all of those destructive uh, systems that came up with, that were come up with, that, uh, were sort of uh, originated over cups of coffee um, hundreds of years ago can't also be dismantled. We have to acknowledge the way the coffee is grown, the way that we no, are no. buying it. I'm saying, I'm okay. saying pe- people who dis- developed uh, capitalism and slave traders, you know, uh, there's no reason to believe that those, that those, those systems of oppression can't be dismantled over cups of coffee as well. So yeah. I'm not going to I'm yeah. not going to pin all of those crimes against humanity on uh, on one plant. No, like, like yeah, like what you're saying. Like I think that really what we just as a society, we, yes, but talk about this over your cup of coffee. You should, but you know, be aware of what you are consuming, where you're buying it from. And I'm not gonna lie, like I drink a lot of Folgers, and you know what? After <laughs> doing a lot of research. I'm not going to be buying Folgers no. and trying to be, you know, it is more expensive, but 
Um, there's a lot of work that goes into growing coffee. Um, you really should be concerned with what you're paying. Like if you're paying, if you're paying more money, and you are doing something that is a fair trade coffee, um, it's just gonna be better. It's just it's better I as picked, a whole. I picked coffee for a really short period of time, mm-hmm. and what I can tell you is <clears throat> the amount of picking that goes into one bag of coffee. The amount of labor that goes into that, plus all of the roasting, drying, mm-hmm. all of those processes, um, is worth well more than the cost of your premium coffee that you yeah. think is expensive. Um, if you consider the people that are that are on the sides of those hills, picking those berries and putting them into a basket, and if you think about the enjoyment that you get from drinking a really good cup of coffee, um, really consider voting. Uh, with your money, yeah, and putting putting like your love of this product that we all have so- societally, um, put your money where your cup is because like it is, it's it's hard work, and it's important that we um, that we all make these changes together, you know. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact is, if you if if you just want to go into the, the actual product itself, when you are buying something that there's more work that goes into it, more thought, where the, the, the growers are being paid more. Frankly, those beans are tastier. Yeah, they are. You know, just going back into the, the a coffee that I made, I did it with two different um, roasts of coffee and two different makers. One was a mass-produced coffee that you can find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say which one it was because I don't want to, you know, rattle, but it, it is. It's not like a, a secret, you know, rope star. Anyone can find it. And then I made it with the one that was based out of Philadelphia, where they are getting their beans, I believe, from Vietnam. Um, but it is a small company, and the difference between those cups, yeah. brewed it the same exact way, did everything the same, was night and day. Like <laughs> it was like, wait, what is this? The difference, like, yeah, tends to be when you're when you're buying something that's mass produced. Uh, from a giant company, they're looking for a couple things. Like mm-hmm. one of those things is it needs to be cheap. So you're already cutting corners, and that's obvious. The other thing is they're looking for consistency, for brand identity. So that means that they're doing all kinds of things to make sure that each cup tastes exactly the same. And that means they're usually over-roasting it and destroying any sort of um, what they would consider like anomalous flavors that tend to be where the tasty part of any sort of food is, um, you know, that's, that's why when you like, there's a reason why when you go to McDonald's, it tastes exactly the same, no matter where you go is, is, you know, that's how you build a brand. It's not how you create delicious cuisine. And there are some things said for like having consistency for sure. Right. Like but you it's know what you're going to get. This is a, this is a seed that comes out of the earth. It's going to have variation. It's going to change. And, yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge those changes and Who doesn't you know, like surprises. Yeah, just, just maybe your Delighted. next. Yeah, the next bag will be better. Well, no, but I, yeah. well, I'm just saying, like either those inconsistencies don't even need to be on the scale of like good to bad. You can just like there's different just different different flavor notes that yeah. that larger companies want to eliminate because it could just like um, 
you know, if you taste like an Ethiopian, I, my coffee knowledge of mm-hmm. like actual roasters is not. But I remember like Yirgacheff from e- Ethiopia mm-hmm. tastes like blueberries. It's like really has that has like a really kind of acidic, almost mm-hmm. tea-like flavor. You don't want that if you're going for the American ideal of like roasty, chocolatey. Yeah. You know, that's it could be a delightful flavor that's in no way considered to be bad, but from a corporate standpoint is considered bad. What's the number one thing that like you would say people come up for in cheese? Like when people ask about cheese, like, ooh, I, I love those little... The Casal crystals. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's little protein crystals that develop in aged cheeses. Those are a natural part of aging. They're the concentration of amino acids that break down during the cheese's aging, mm-hmm. and then they come together as the water evaporates out of the cheese. The reason why we know just about anything about them at all, mm-hmm. and the reason why they've been researched at all, is because the big cheese companies have researched them in order to eliminate them because they're considered a flaw. A flaw. And they are something that people love. So it's one of those things where corporations just don't know what's good for you. Yeah. That's so true. It is a very interesting concept. I think really what it, for me what it boils down to is like you can do those like mass produced things and for certain items they're great. Yeah. But I love Oreos. So gross. Got some right <laughs> over there. You have one. I'm good, thank you. I really don't like Oreos. Uh, I have a really good one. Have you had like a really good Oreo? <laughs> no, you haven't because they're all the same. I don't like Oreo. I don't love it's just the icing. I'm not really into the icing. Yeah, that's why I'm against double stuff. And they're double like this. That's the thing. It's like, oh, well, have you had a triple stuff? No, hell like, no. There's, it's fine. It's a great ratio. I I want like a zero stuffed. Put yourself in my <laughs> position as somebody who just accepts and likes Oreos. Okay, put Are yourself you in my position as somebody who no, doesn't just, like. Oh, that. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm David. I don't like. I don't like chicken, and I don't like, I like chicken. How dare you say that? Um, I've been really into chicken thighs lately. Yeah, me too. It's like the best part of the chicken. So good, 100, percent without a doubt. Like, why? Why have I not been eating chicken thighs like the best every day? They're also the best replacement for any other kind of meat too. See that? You know, if like you don't have pork, do it. You, you don't have. You don't have. Um, really hungry. Rabbit. Who has rabbit? Look, I'm all for like interesting meats, but I'm telling you right now, like rabbit is not one that you're just gonna stumble across. Look, I was out of rabbit one day, and I had some chicken thighs. <laughs> <laughs> this recipe here calls for rabbit. <laughs> Where'd you find the recipe, Betty Crocker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a German chocolate cake, chocolate cake with 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 rabbit icing. <laughs> What if you did, what if you just messed with people, you had some sort of bougie restaurant and it was like deconstructed chocolate cake and then it was just like, like, <laughs> just like braised rabbit, like a I big pile dead, of braised just, rabbit. Just a strip of dead rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing done to it. Like, oh, if you never, is this not how you make I'm chocolate sorry, cake? What? Is it, you, you do not include the, the rabbit? The conejo? I really am hungry now. I'm like, what, like, I'm very hungry. I don't want to worry now. That's fine. Um. Sears scallops last night that were unbelievable. Oh my God, I love yeah. that. I made a really good salad, too. Um, it was a really basic salad. Mm-hmm. What was in the salad? You want to hear about the salad? I do. It was, like, a, a embarrassingly basic. It was just cut up a big old heirloom tomato, cut up a good cucumber, cut up a Vidalia onion, 
uh, lemon juice and olive oil, and then I cut up basil, mint, and thyme, salted it, and oh. just tossed it all together. I love the use of mint. Yeah, right. mint is like one of those ones like if, like I I hate mint tea like mm. with a passion. It makes me so nauseous, but mint in things, yeah, so good. Right, and it, I like mint. I like mint as like basil's weird cousin. I like just mix. It. I like switching ah. up basil and mint, like just tricking you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh huh. Yeah, because yeah. they're like right. They're exactly the same volume. Mm-hmm. They have that kind of like sweetness, or like yeah. They have perfumey. That, yeah, they and the mintiness of what you would call mintiness is in basil in a different yeah. is in a different shade. Um. They're like equal and opposite. And uh, yeah, they're really fun to play with. I like that. Yeah. I've never, I, be, I mean, I bet you could make a mint pesto and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be what you would I think it'd be great. Yeah. You could try that mint chutney. Yeah, I should. That'd be. Still haven't. I'll do it tonight. Which, I, I, you haven't asked me yet, but I'll just tell you my, what the best thing I ate this past week. I'm ready for it. You ready for it? Um, It does involve that chutney. So I've discovered not the, not the, the chutney. So there's a grocery store here in Philly that I went and got. Uh, it's an Indian grocery store, and I they have a ton of different chutneys, and they have one that was a cilantro chutney that I got really, really excited. Well, coriander chutney is what it's labeled as. Um, so I took it home, discovered I love it, and I've been making what Grant and I have been calling the sandwich. <laughs> it's really good. So ciabatta roll. It's got to be like something kind of like crusty um, with a little bit of the cilantro chutney and then uh, chicken thigh mm. uh, boneless that kind of pound out a little bit um, and marinate with a little turmeric, coconut milk um, and some salt uh, and then just pan sear that till it's cooked through um, and then your tops, t- you know, do some like nice leafy greens with that and then a little bit of a uh, Stuff like a, what's that stuff called with cabbage? Uh, slaw, coleslaw, <laughs> but not a mayo base. I don't like mayo based coleslaws. I mean, they're so fine. Like I, just, I just don't. It's, I don't like it. Yeah, okay, it grosses it. It grosses me out a little bit. So like vinegar, I do, celery seeds. Yeah, I will just be, just be sure someone gets really offended. I do like a mayo based coleslaw on like a pulled pork or some kind of sandwich like that that I think could use it, but not for this one. So red cabbage, uh, napa cabbage. Mm. Red onion, uh, black mustard seeds, yellow mustard seeds, fish sauce, um, a little bit of lime, a lot of lime actually, olive oil, um, some honey, and just mix it all together and top it with a sandwich. And then in place of mayo, I've been doing yogurt. Yeah. On the other half. And we've had this sandwich now three times. (laughs) And every time we're just like eat in silence and we're just like That's amazing. That, that sounds a good so sandwich. good. Yeah. It's a really good sandwich. <laughs> um so that's like the, the thing that we've been Yeah. Obsessed with. Oof. I love it. So eat that sandwich. I did um Ooh, that sounds so good. I do have to say my dad seared the scallops really well. I kinda brushed over and just talked about my Were they was it a nice caramelization? Uh huh. Yeah, I used brown butter and Love it. Yeah, it was great. They were like they were just perfectly seared and super just buttery. Just right. I do love a good scallop. Right. Um, he's been obsessed with them lately, so he so I like 
we made a ton of them. It was like six of a plate, which is like mm -hmm. a lot of scallops to. It's enough. I think it's. I mean, scallops are kind of light. I could totally eat like twelve scallops. I can yeah. line them up right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's basically how it was. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Um, I did make another refreshing drink. So I was on the beach. Um, so I wanted to make Arnold Palmer's, and I basically so made the lemonade tea mixture. Lemonade tea mixture, and I did it. Um, I kind of did it together. So what I did was I brewed up a whole bunch of black tea. Oh. I juiced a whole bunch of lemons, and then I put the um, lemons in a pot, and I poured the hot tea all over the rinds to sort of extract some of the oil from the from the rinds That's just so to good. kind of bring out some more of the the flavor because it's where some of the like balancing sweetness comes from. Um, and put some sugar in that, and it was it was good. It's a beautiful color too. It ended up just being like a gorgeous golden. Such I, I do really love like a nice like lighter drink that has like a beautiful like <laughs> simple color. Yeah, just like ah, the color really did it for me. Yeah, mm. I'm excited for teas next time. I'm excited too because there's a lot of other other stuff about the um, intricacies of caffeine mm -hmm. that I wanted to talk about that I learned about in the book. It's also just sort of like this other culture. Oh, totally. Like, and it's kind of. I wouldn't even say like sister, like like cousin culture. Yeah, it's like they're yeah. they're so different, but so similar. Literally comes from the other side of the world, mm -hmm. from coffee in origin too. There's also so many different kinds of variety of tea, mm -hmm. and there are coffee as well. Like we didn't even get into like how different cultures drink the coffee, and there's so many different ways. Right. Um, and get into espresso you know, and the history of that. Americanos. Americanos. Um, World guys, War II. just take some time, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and. You know, just do a little research on the, the coffee and what you're drinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think because there is something, you know, it does have so much conflict behind it, which we didn't even really get into. It yeah. is a great way to sort of breach into, you know, self-checkout, the, uh, the, the things that you're eating and buying and where your money is going because it's important. Um, you know, this is, this is the way that change happens is really like who you support. Yeah. And what we consider to be acceptable, um, you know, because the tendency is there to throw up your hands and just be like, well, you know, this is an industry that, you know, how am I going to change it? And it's like, well, you don't buy it anymore. Yeah. Simple. People don't people don't buy hats anymore. Uh, you know. Is it bad? I mean, I have a hat, hat on right now. No. <laughs> 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 but like people don't buy fancy hats anymore because they fall, fell out of fashion. So, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's no reason to believe that like, <coughs> man, that was a terrible metaphor. <laughs> this is gonna be no, better. well, this is it. This is where it comes down. Basically, what I I know it's expensive. I know a good good coffee can be expensive. There's no way around that. And there's two ways you can kind of think about it. Like it's you know, if you think about like clothing or <laughs> furniture, something like that, where if you want something. That's going to, like, be whatever. It's going to work a little bit. Can opener, actually. Can opener is a perfect example. If you want a can opener that's going to last you for a while, it's not going to break, you got to buy a good one. Mm -hmm. There's just no question about it. Right. If you want a can opener that's cheap, that's going to open two cans, you can go to the dollar store. And that thing was made like crap. 
because it's going to not work. In a and, sweatshop. And made in a sweatshop. And I mean, granted, the expensive one was probably made in a sweatshop too, yeah. but maybe a higher end one. I don't know. Um, the, the thing is, though, if you are buying a high quality coffee, you know that those growers are possibly make more money. Do some research. Simple research. Just like look a little bit, just a, five minutes. And maybe instead of having an entire pot of coffee, have a cup. Yeah. Take it back a notch. So eight ounce. It's enough. Coffee cup. Stop having coffee in f- two in the afternoon. Yeah. Cut <laughs> it out. Stop it. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> Help. <laughs> You're old like us. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got to do? What do you think? What are you doing? Just stop drinking coffee that much. And stop drinking Monster Energy drinks. Yeah, stop it. Things are gross. <laughs> yeah. Could drink a four lo- four lo- original formula Four loco. Sparks all the way. Yeah, drink Sparks. Uh, okay, now we're just like an adult. But <laughs> the point is, guys, take some time. Get off of TikTok. Get, up, get on TikTok. Get drinking it. a good cup of coffee. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I, okay. Connor, thank you. I appreciate you. You're my friend. You're my friend. I love you guys. Love you too.